Wish you had more space in your home? Use MakeSpace. They'll pick up, store, and deliver your stuff. Get started at MakeSpace.com and use the code CHICAGO50, that's CHICAGO50, to get $50 of free storage. Dynasty Podcast is proud to present Pod Class, a series of conversations recorded at a college, university, or other academic or industry setting. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. Today, a live conversation recorded in Roger Jansen's talent management class at Columbia College, Chicago. Here's how that sounds. So my name is Haima Black. So very happy to be here at the talent management class here at Columbia. I am an instructor here at Columbia part-time. I just started this semester. Outside of that, I am a podcaster and digital media content creator. So what that means for anyone who's like, what does that mean? Um, I create podcasts. We create videos. We create live streams. We create... Um, live events and produce digital media around the live events. Um, myself and my producer, Layla Royale, who's here, um, kind of a two-man team for our business. But yeah, I produce digital media for a living. So um, our company is called Dynasty Podcasts. We're a, we are a podcast company here in Chicago. We were the first music podcast ever in the city of Chicago history. We started in 2005. We do a lot of different types of content from like interviewing artists um, and music industry folks to doing like live panels and live workshops like around like digital media and social media and things like that. And then also doing classroom appearances, of course, like this. And so Roger, who I have known for quite a long time, for weeks, (laughs) um, (laughs) Roger. Right. Roger asked me to come in here and speak in the class, so I was really happy to do that. Um, My background before I started podcasting in 2005, and even during the first six years of myself doing this, I was working in radio. I don't know if anyone in here remembers Q101. Okay, like two people. So Q101 was an alternative rock station that was here in Chicago. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And it um, it was around for about 20 years. I was there for the last 13 years of Q101. And I started podcasting while I was there, and then that station went off the air, flipped formats, like so many radio stations do. And um, this is what I do full-time now. So I think that's kind of the overview. So what are some of the what are some of the non-traditional, I mean, this isn't traditional to begin with, right? but it's already kind of been around for a while. So for artists in terms of like finding other means of exposure yeah and exploitation of their brand and their songs. like newer promotional channels you mean yeah like how and how how what well do you think this is catching on and what is the kind of the average listenership that a podcast has and how do you attain those listeners okay so i will try to run through those because there's a couple different questions yeah no. in terms of like newer promotional um, channels and, and ways for artists and, and creatives to get exposure. I mean, obviously, social media is the very obvious answer. Um, but there's a lot of really great tools on social media, obviously. So I'm not going to go through, like, Facebook and Twitter are great because you guys all know that Facebook and Twitter exist. Like, that's a given. Anyone in here using Snapchat? Cool. It's filthy. Well, that's the thing. Like, f- Snapchat has this image, and people think it's this one thing and in my experience, you can use Snapchat really professionally and promotionally. And we use it promotionally for our podcast. Um, 
we'll be like doing an interview or we will be doing like an event or something and we will Snapchat an image. Like maybe before we do a live podcast, we will Snapchat like the stage that we're going to be on with all the mics set up and we'll send it out to like our 40 or 50 people on Snapchat and then be like, hey, like if you want to watch this live, tune in at youtube.com slash dynasty podcast at, you know, 3 p.m. Central Standard. So we're using Snapchat kind of like that as a way of like promoting and just sending kind of a cool semi-private personalized message to people. Also along the same lines, live streaming is a really, really great tool right now. How many of you guys have ever used like Google Hangouts or Skype or uh, Ustream? Cool. How many of you guys have done a live broadcast? Like over like Ustream or something? Okay. So if you haven't, the really cool thing about live broadcasts that people are starting to catch on to is you can broadcast your content or your event live in real time. So like, let's take Google Hangouts, for example. Uh, Google Hangouts is a live streaming and conference tool through Google. And what you can do is you can launch a broadcast through Google Hangouts. You know, like if somebody like, like if, if we had the camera right there where you guys are sitting and it was facing us, we could broadcast this live in real time. And since it goes out through Google Hangouts and Google is part of YouTube, then that video is broadcast in real time through YouTube. And then once you end the broadcast and like stop the broadcast, it will buffer for about five minutes. And then that video you just produced will save in YouTube and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to upload it. You don't have to edit it. You can do these things. You can edit it after the fact, but these things will just go up online themselves. So Google Hangouts into YouTube is a really cool tool that I don't think a ton of people know about. But it's a really great way for any of you guys, like whatever you're studying, whether you're like music or fashion or events or, or, you know, whatever kind of like creative work you're looking to do, you can stream what you're doing, like your fashion show or like your concert or like your live event and let people see what it is in real time. And it doesn't cost you anything and it doesn't cost anyone else anything either. So that's really cool. Uh, those are some just to do the first part of your question. Those are some really cool ways to promote your work and your creative talents without you know just being like everybody else and just being on facebook and twitter even though those things are important and then instagram is an obvious answer but instagram is really really cool and you can do a lot with instagram right now um beyond just actual instagram there's a lot of secondary apps you can use to like make your pictures look better get a bigger picture into the instagram fame things like that so you know whatever you guys are doing make sure you are using you know instagram to send out to your facebook and twitter and tumblr and promote what you're doing and make sure that people are seeing it because then that raises awareness of what your creative work is. I think the second part was like podcasts. Like sure. how do people, sure. yeah, I don't know. I mean, podcasts like, are like your, your listening audience like for us, our listening audience. So we have about 50,000 followers on SoundCloud. Um, so we have a large SoundCloud following. We've been heard in about at least 165 countries. That was the last time I checked and, They've changed the analytics since then, so I don't know what it is since then, but we've heard, been heard in at least 165 countries. Um, our audience, we really build it through social media and through producing a lot of content. You know, like some weeks we'll put out like nine podcasts on a really busy week, so a lot of stuff. And then um, the key is to really try to produce things that ideally will mean something to people. We'll have some kind of like, emotional attachment or emotional engagement or people will be interested in the story because if i just did a podcast where i just talked for 90 minutes about like this is why i'm great like no one will care Tell but us. if no <laughs> but but if i do a podcast where like i'm maybe talking about things that 
theoretically, hopefully will be valuable to other people or like interviewing somebody interesting and I think that someone can get something out of that, then that's a great way to start to build an audience because you're not talking about you, you're talking to someone else and people can tune in and pull something from that. So for us, we've been able to build an audience through just producing a lot of content, trying to create content that hopefully will mean something to people and then doing, doing this, just doing a lot of live events. Every time we go out in the live space, we have a really good response so that's a really important takeaway, I think, in the age of social media, because it's really easy to just sit behind your laptop or your smartphone or your tablet and never engage with people face to face. And you can do so much behind your computer. But if you don't ever go out and like interact with people in the real world and in a real space, then it's not you're only going to get so far. So, I mean, yeah, I think that that kind of speaks to just how we've been able to build our audience, I think. Um, so we, so here we are, we're recording this session in mm -hmm. front of the classroom, and this will get uploaded onto SoundCloud. Yes. As a, and you'll title it, Columbia Talent Management Fall Class. Yeah, exactly. Put like the date, yeah. Kick-ass, yeah. and then it sits up there, and then people kind of choose to go on and listen to it. Yeah. And of your, of your uh, 50,000 people who follow you on SoundCloud, they choose, they opt to listen and opt not to listen. If it's if yeah. the title's intriguing, is there, what is, is there more value in the title than there is in the... You know, for us, presentation's really important. So we try to make sure that the, um, like our main series is called Chicagoverse. Like it's just our like Chicago music series. And we, we number all of those. So like one through, we're at like 260 or something like that, 270 now. And we put them all in a nice playlist on SoundCloud right. so that, you know, and they've all got a uniform um, image. It's the same image on every podcast so that that way people can like, if they're interested in Chicago music, they know that that's the series and it's all very neat. We, we put in a lot of like metadata, have that be uniform. I mean, this is really geeky stuff, but yeah, right. the presentation is really important to make sure that it looks nice and people know what it is. So, and then, so we, depending on the, like some new hot band or some new undiscovered group playing it. Mm hmm club x and you get a chance to go backstage and interview them and they're brand new and you put that up in, in episode 297 right and then you kind of work the metadata in there so that if people are searching them online anywhere that may come up as something that's yeah. searchable ideally then they yeah if, if they're looking up like whoever like gemini club podcast right. then ideally that would come up in, in one of the search. many things yeah. so how in the future will you be able to monetize this effort well, you know, we're able to monetize it now. Um, and this is the question. We just literally were just in Justin Sinkovich's um, business of media class. And that was one of the, I mean, I get that question so much. That's the question we right? get now. I asked um, that question immediately. Yeah. It's the can new, monetize how this? can I get my band on Local 101? It's, right. That's the new version right. of the question I'm going to get for the next couple of years. Um, so monetization is really, really key and also really, really tricky because everything is free on the internet, right? So how do you make money putting stuff up for free on the internet? Um, and the question or the answer to that is on our end, we have been able to set up some live events, um, you know, at various, you know, venues around the city, like some bars and restaurants or schools, like doing some of this kind of stuff, you know, for us going into a live space, whether the venue or promoter or a sponsor is paying us, that's been an avenue where we've been able to monetize and, and, you know, really expand the business. So we're going to be doing a lot more live events going forward. And then also we do partnerships with some brands and marketing agencies in the city. Um, so for example, last year or not last year, I'm sorry, this past summer, or, you know, a couple months ago, 
This year is just flying by. It feels like last year. Uh, a couple months ago over the summer, we were doing a sponsorship with a phone. So uh, a marketing agency gave me a brand new smartphone, like a Samsung G4. Um, they're not paying me for this mention. I'm just letting you know what it is. Um, but they gave us a really nice phone, great camera. Yeah. And, um, and I got paid for two months to use that to create content. So I created podcast content with that phone, um, like taking Instagram photos if we were like backstage at like a Lollapalooza or something like that. And then I would tag them and I'd be like, oh, taken with such and such smartphone. And then in, the, in parentheses, I put sponsored or hashtag sponsored so that um, it's important if you're doing digital work and someone is paying to be a part of that, especially if you're like coming at it from a journalist standpoint, if someone's paying to be part of that experience or that content or that event, it's important to specify that that's sponsored content because otherwise, if I just did a podcast that told you why like Levi's are the best jeans in the world and I talked about that for 40 minutes, you'd listen to that and you'd be like, how much are you getting paid for this? Like all you're doing is talking about how great this brand is. So it's important to be really transparent and let people know like this is sponsored content. This is our normal content, which is just straight up what we believe. And we only work with brands that fit in with kind of like our value system and what we are already doing. Everything we produced with the phone was stuff we would have produced anyway. We just had a different vehicle to do it. So, you know, we've been able to monetize through like sponsorships and through live events and through partnerships and things like that. But it is very important because we're coming at this from like a journalistic standpoint on a lot of these projects. So it is, it's important to really specify and be transparent when something is sponsored because that helps build trust. People don't want to feel like they're being sold to and you're trying to slip it past them because then they think that you think that they're stupid and it's just, it's a bad way to, to kind of like, you know, keep the relationship with your audience going. It's better to just be upfront. Yeah. You, you have to keep your integrity. Yeah. From a journalistic yeah, yeah, and it's tricky in this day and age. But so what? So let's say you're gonna interview a band like Phoenix is in town, mm -hmm. and you, you're gonna interview them, and somebody, some consumer product company thinks that that band is amazing, and they'd like to tie their product to that band, and they come to you and say, "Hey, we're gonna sponsor your interview of Phoenix on your podcast." I mean, that'd be that's okay, right? Yeah, that'd be an ideal situation. We would just we would specify in the metadata of the podcast and in the post we'd put up on our site and then in the podcast itself, you know, verbally, we just mentioned like, hey, you know, this is powered by whatever energy drink or whatever clothing company. And, you know, I think that if you're just upfront with that kind of stuff and you don't make it a huge deal, you don't beat people over the head with it, but you just mm -hmm. let them know like, this is what it is, no one's going to hold it against you, you know? You don't do it in like a really gaudy, tacky so way. So what happens when you're interviewing a band that's like, for example, if Phoenix were all veg vegans, mm -hmm. and you've got you know Omaha Steaks, they want to they want to sponsor your podcast interview of Phoenix, so they're going to pay you for the the you know the tag, and Phoenix just they just happen to be against that particular brand. When does that? fall into play in terms of an ethical question, a moral question, a legal question. I don't know. We haven't gotten that far. We don't, there's right. not enough people throwing money at podcasting yet where we've had to have the good problems of like, like, oh, what money do we take? I wish that that was the problem. But, you know, it's, it's slowly getting monetized. What's happening with digital is that people are beginning, and I say people, like everyone here knows, but like the people in charge, you know, like the older people are starting to figure out the value of digital content online and mobile and on phones and everything like that. So yeah, if you've got a you million know. followers, 
Yeah, I mean, it's on your Twitter account, and you tweet that you love this jacket from Target. Yeah, and then Target hands you a check. Yeah, it's just important to be transparent about those things. I don't know. That's that's the biggest thing. Is just from the content. From the yeah. You know, from the from the I guess from the creator, from the guy who who's producing it. Yeah. But as you know, when you're yourself, like when you are just when you're a famous athlete or famous artist and you Mm -hmm. just have your own Twitter account and that's what you know, you're just tweeting about your life and you're getting approached by, you know, brand brands and Mm -hmm. consumer product companies saying, hey, what do you think of my product? Give us a mention to your two million I mean, some people make that a business. I mean, Kim Kardashian, I forget what she, she was getting paid something obscene for like a mention in one of her tweets, you know, like she had a whole kind of sponsored tweet business going. Um, And it was, I mean, I don't know if anyone wants to look it up. It was a lot of money though, that Kim Kardashian was getting paid to mention something in her tweets. So some people make that a whole business. Man, the whole thing, I mean, YouTube's a business, everything's a business. Everything's a business, but not everybody knows that the internet is a business yet. You know, $10,000 per tweet. Yeah. Wow, I'll tweet something for ten grand. Yeah, I'll no tweet anything joke. for ten grand right now. <laughs> so, and you know, for Kim Kardashian, that's like valet money. She's just right. like, this is barely worth my time. Right. Yeah. Wow. And then, how do you? That would be an interesting process, though, because you got to get people to collect. You have to have the deal done. Yeah. And yeah. And you've got to say when you're going to tweet. I will. Yeah. T- I'll tweet tomorrow between four thirty and five. I need to get a cashier's check by. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, there's all sorts of strategy on like one of the best that. times to tweet, one of the best times to post on Instagram and Facebook. What's the best way to, yes. you know, Facebook, the best way to get content noticed is to post a picture, you know, and then maybe you put a link in the description of the picture. But if you just post a straight up link, you know, that doesn't get as many hits and as noticed as like if you post a picture, people see that, you know. So we post a lot more pictures on Facebook now than we do straight up links to our site, you know, Um also Tuesday morning as opposed to Sunday afternoon. I mean, there's a difference in, yeah. in in time frame too. I would imagine it's just like the way it used to be at radio. I mean, it still is at radio. It's just not there anymore. But like, you know, sponsors, like advertisers would buy in at a certain time. They would buy in at like the morning show or right. the afternoon show because those are key times. So I'm sure that... Overnight suck. Yeah. If people are doing sponsored tweets, I'm sure that these brands are being like, hey, we want to hit your audience at 3.30 yeah. central when right. it's going to catch everybody. Let's, yeah. um, can I, uh, can I ask you about radio real quick? Yeah. Yeah. How, where do you think, I mean, and this is more in terms of artists in 2013, how relevant is radio now and how relevant will radio be airwaves radio net, you know, anything that's broadcast on over the internet and how relevant will radio be five years from now? Well, I don't want to say anything where I'm like, radio is not relevant because then I sound like I'm bitter because I don't work in radio anymore. And I had a really, I, I worked at five stations for 13 years. I'm really happy with the time I got on radio. I'm not like, I, I, I think I got a good like fill. I think I left the table and I'm like, I'm full. I don't need, like, I'm good. So I'm not bitter towards radio because I had a really tremendous experience with it. I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say where it's at right now. It depends. Like there's Rock radio is not near as prevalent as it used to be. Right. Pop radio is still a juggernaut, though. You know, like if a song makes it on pop radio, you still hear it. It's still the number one driver of sales and, you know, identity, really. Yeah. So I think for like, it just depends on where you're looking. I think like pop radio, still just a total just beast, just a behemoth, you know. In five years, though, I read some article and I wish I remembered where this was that was speculating that cars might not have radios in five years. It's all satellite. 
And I think that once that happens, that's going to be a significant blow because I think radio, I think cars is the last place where people listen to the radio. So who knows if that'll happen, but you know, in five years, if radio is not in cars, then I think that that's going to be kind of a big hit. I think just digital content is just so much the, the future. And I mean, it's already the present, but it's also going to be continuing to grow. Do you think it's worthwhile to spend money at radio right now for young artists coming from radio and understanding that for world? young artists, yeah, for an emerging artist that's got a single and they're on their own, they're not signed to a label and they're about to dump money into something and they can spend 10,000 bucks doing a great video working YouTube. They can spend 10,000 bucks doing a tour. They can spend 10,000 bucks at radio. Is it, is radio even a contender in terms of like where they should spend their dollars? So here's what I would do. And maybe you or your class would be like, that's a horrible strategy. This is what I would do if that was that artist. And I had $10,000 just sitting on the table. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd be like, let's go not be in a band now. <laughs> no, I would, I would take that money. I'd go put it in the bank. And then I wouldn't spend that money on any of the things you listed. What I would do is not worry about radio. You know, if you're Kesha, someone's going to pay for you to be on the radio. If you're not Kesha, no one cares about you on the radio. Don't spend your money on the radio if you're a young emerging artist. Spend your money. I mean, really, you can do so much now. Like what we've been doing with Dynasty Podcast, so much of what we've done has been built around kind of like minimal spending resourcefulness. And it is crazy now how far you can go without spending a lot of money. So I wouldn't spend it at radio. For a tour, before you start throwing money into gas and driving around the country, do live streaming. Do stage it shows, do Google Hangout shows, do Skype shows, do uh, Ustream shows. Because you can do that from your garage or your kitchen or your basement, and it doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to leave your house. And then you start building an audience through platforms like Google Plus and Google Hangouts and YouTube and Facebook and Tumblr. I would do that instead of touring initially. I would. So far, we haven't spent a penny. We still have $10,000. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think you have to. Awesome. You know, you, you promote your stuff on Instagram and on Tumblr and on SoundCloud, and on YouTube, and on Vimeo, and on Snapchat, and on Facebook, and on Twitter, and I don't know if I just repeated stuff, but like, you do that, and you don't spend any money doing that. That's all free, and that is only limited by how resourceful and how creative you are, and how willing you are to put in time to reach an audience and connect with people, and then for the video, you can shoot a video in your house with a smartphone. I'm not saying it'll look as good as like a Pitbull video, but really what looks as good as a Pitbull video? But you know what I mean? Like you could, you still don't have to spend the money on the video either. Um, you know, I mean, even even if you wanted to really got strip to spend it down. Money. You have $10,000, you have to spend it. What would be worth spending money on in the music space right now? Yes, that's the, that's the $10,000 question. I mean. Mm-hmm. PR? Hire a good PR firm? No, I, I, no, I think that you just go on yourself and do blogs. And yeah, I think that, I think that, and, and maybe I'm blowing up your model. I hope I'm not blowing up no, the no, model no, you're I telling these clients. This isn't a model. I, I, okay. it really is a true, like, I want your, your personal opinion. I wouldn't hire a publicist. I would just, you know, there's a, there's a saying, it's, uh, Andy Cerno was saying, it's advertising is the cost of being boring. I would get people to talk to you, talk about you by being interesting, by doing interesting things, by doing cool streaming shows online or doing like cool shows at a local venue with other artists that you have a connection to or doing cool collaborations and posting those on SoundCloud. So if you do that stuff enough, you don't necessarily need a publicist. If you just do a good job of putting the information out 
on your own on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram. But don't you think we're so oversaturated with stuff that for you to be noticed above the 100,000 other, you know, whatever, uh, Instagrams and everything else, you either have to be so clever that it's mind-boggling. Like OK Go. Yes. Yeah. OK yeah. Go. Brilliant. Right. I mean, you know them. Yeah. Those guys. Like, brilliant. That video. I mean, they were going to get dropped from Capitol. And that video launched, relaunched that band's career. And it was brilliant. You know what I would spend it on? I would spend that $10,000 on a laptop, good video editing software, Pro Tools. And if you have a graphic designer in your band, Photoshop. And if you don't have a graphic designer in your band, pay someone to do graphic design. Because... Getting artists who have like artists so who have like get really the tools to do it yourself. Great looking aesthetics and great looking and great sounding stuff. Honestly, I would just spend it on on software and hardware. Yeah, and I feel like well, that that cuts gotta... the legs off of everybody else's jobs. But that's what Which I would is do. Okay with me. I mean, you know, again, like with what Layla and I have done with Dynasty Podcast, we don't have a publicist. Right. We don't have a manager. We don't have a tour agent. You know, and I mean, maybe these things would help us. Um, but on the on the resources we have, this has all been DIY. It's just a lot of like 17, 18 hour days that we work four or five days in a row. And I don't know, it, it feels more like honest and we're in control of it and we know where it's going and, and it doesn't cost us anything. And then the rewards and the, and the returns all come back into our camp. Right. Sweet. Well, if there's no other questions, thank you so much for letting us come in, sit in your class, talk about podcasting and, and all kind of really all sorts of stuff here, apparently. Um, Thank you to Roger Jansen for having us here at Columbia today. And thank you to Layla Royale for engineering. So thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you, Jaima. Absolutely. Sweet. Thank you guys for letting us be here today. This has been the Dynasty Podcast pod class series. Thanks to Roger Jansen for having Dynasty Podcasts in his class. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Jaima Black. Dynasty Descend.